0: 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. A new way of radio and the beginning of a new talent. Mindcoradio.com where music and minds meet. Completely dead. Completely dead.
1: Welcome to Damage Radio, heard here live on Monkerradio.com where music reminds me. Y'all already know me, I'm RC alongside Matt, the ultimate Kits fan, Porter. Woo. We got Braden in the house from Whistler High School, and guys, we are not alone. We have, from KH Promotions and Turbo Collectibles, located in Quaker Town's Farmer's Market, Barn 2, right, Ken? Yes, sir. Yep, Barn 2. We got Ken Hoover in the house, an owner of Battlefield Pro Wrestling. You might know him from WWE, um, as Manu, the one and only, Alpha Jr. Guys, welcome to Damage Yay. Radio, man.
2: Thank so, you. Oh, thanks for
1: having me. Love to have you guys here. Uh, how, was the ride? how was the ride down? Uh,
2: there was a little traffic on and the way down, it, but uh, I, we made it just I, in time. Probably a little completely damaged.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> definitely, definitely. So uh, let's start off. Um, we all know that you come from a wrestling family, but when did you have that moment when you decided that you wanted to pursue this career?
3: Um, so that goes all the way back to about 1998. Wow. Uh, I was 13 years old. We were in Allentown, Pennsylvania. My father ran a show called Sports Fest. Um, and at this show, he had everybody on it. It was like the rock, mankind. Um, D'Lo Brown was on it, Mark Henry was on it, uh, King Kong Bundy, Jimmy Snuka, I mean, it was loaded. And uh, we were there with my little league team uh, because we'd won the championship, we were undefeated. So we were gonna get the shout out during intermission in the ring. And uh, I remember going into the ring um, with my little league team, getting on the ropes, being all hype, and uh, just looking out and seeing people as far as the eye could see. There was like probably like 25,000, 30,000 people there. It was packed. It looked like Woodstock. And, uh, yeah, from that moment on. A lot uh, different
1: from in there and out in the crowd.
3: Yeah, looking, I right? mean, I've always been around the business. I've always been um, in the ring, you know. And... Uh, I'll let me you fix your mic. Yeah, we're good. There we go. Can, can that. you got those me now? Chocolate. All right. Yep. There we go. Boom. So uh, yeah, I've always been in the ring. You know, um, training and stuff like that. Always been around it, but I've never actually pursued it up until that point. I've always been in the sports. You know, three three sport athlete: baseball, nice. basketball, football. And uh, but that, that moment that night, um, yeah, it was it was something to see all those people. And then fast forward a couple months, I'm in Austria um, on tour with my dad. And uh, we were just over there promoting um, a European tour that we were doing, and uh, I ended up training over there and debuting just a couple months after that, that first initial uh, event.
0: Wow. So, so, you know, look, I want to jump in and ask a question with that in mind. Now, you're talking about you're in Little League, so you're probably a young kid, but thinking back, what's your first real recollection of wrestling? And especially for anybody that doesn't know. I mean, obviously, it's the dynasty of a wrestling family. You had to have it from almost birth, I'm guessing. <laughs> but what are your memories of that?
3: So, um, yeah, growing up um, with my father off of the Wilds um, we've always been training people. My dad's always been training people. So there's always been. We've had a ring in our backyard, you know, mm-hmm. since I was born. So, um I mean, my earliest recollection is just at home. Like, we've had a ring in our backyard. (laughs) You know, and and, and guys like Virgil and, you know, uh, a lot of guys that would come through, like the Strongbows and stuff like that, they'd always be in the backyard um, training and stuff like that. So it was, that was very early in my life, you know. And then fast forward, it was just like, it was always like that. It was always, always somebody in there versus, like, it would be Gangrel and Luna Vishan be living in the basement, (laughs) you know.
0: I think that's fascinating because, look, I'm, I'm probably older than anybody here, but, I mean, that was when we were growing up. It was the Wild Samoans. That was that era that I started watching wrestling, which is why I find it fascinating. You know, you're born into that scene. Everybody you just mentioned is a legend, you know, and, and I find that fascinating, just the idea of seeing it from really as, I would guess, as soon as you're aware of the world, wrestling is part of your life.
3: Yeah, I, I mean, I guess you could say I was born in the ring, literally. Like, <laughs> I, I'm sure I, you know, where, I don't know where I took my first steps, but I'm sure my second and third were in the ring. <laughs> on, on, on the top
1: rope, yeah. <laughs> now you wanted to pursue this. Now, did you immediately like want to just get jumped right now? I assume your dad was like, no, you got to go the proper steps and train cause yeah. you know how much of an athlete he was.
3: So I was young. I was 13 mm-hmm. um, in Europe. So I was too young to wrestle in the States. Um well, in Pennsylvania, anyways, their state athletic commissions. I could wrestle in Jersey, get away with it in Jersey, and stuff like that. But uh, I wasn't your average size, thirteen-year-old. You know, I'm <laughs> six foot two, one ninety at thirteen. <laughs> Had a little crustache, so everyone thought I was older. You know, and uh, yeah, it was just—it's just always been wild. You know, yeah. just be, always being around the business and and having you know my father and you know just that upbringing has always been great.
1: You got any good childhood stories of seeing all these legends around you? Like what do you remember the most? And I met, as a kid, you know, you're when you're into something, you're into it. Like yeah. do you have any good stories or something that Yeah, happens?
3: Hulk Hogan came to my birthday party. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's you what gonna just, do when he turns thirteen? You know, brother? it was like it was a very early birthday. I wanna say my third or fourth birthday party. Jeez. Um my dad had a big uh you know, pig roast in the backyard. Hogan showed up and I remember I was I got hot. Because uh Macho Man didn't come, and Hogan was there, and uh, yeah it was a, it was a, it was a big deal, you know uh, I remember the, rap- the whole yeah. neighborhood shut down because because Hogan was there Wow you know?
1: now um do you remember any of these uh these legends like pulling you aside and giving you pointers, and what's one pointer that stuck out to this day to you
3: um man, man, we're talking twenty five year career now yeah. Yeah, that's a lot of pointers. <laughs> I, know. Any, 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 <laughs> I hit you with yeah. what were your first memories of your life. That's you know? maybe the you know, "Hey, <laughs> yeah."
1: I try, I try.
3: Pointers, man. Um, the one big pointer that, that I've always tried to ch- stay true to is just never forget where you come from mm. um, and always stay true to your roots, you know, because it's it's where you start is pretty much where you're going to end in this business, you know. Um, and it's it's good to be pleasant to everybody along the way, too. You know, right. so it's... And then that and in the ring, it's, uh, you know, just don't forget what got you there. You know, don't lose who you are because this business is such a roller coaster. It changes so much, you know, and and you have to stay true to your own identity in this game um, in order to make it.
1: Definitely. And then having your dad there and uh, watch him coaching other people who were some taking it seriously, some not. Like you already know how serious this business is and how you can get hurt like that. So watching him. You know, help these young, young guys out it must have been important for you too. Oh
3: yeah, I mean it was great watching because everybody my dad was training was hitting TV like everybody. Like, I mean, I've watched everybody from Bam Bam Bigelow come through, uh, Billy Kidman, Chris Canyon, uh, shoot Gangrel, Luna Vashon, Batista. Where I, I, everybody came through these halls, you know, mm-hmm. all the family, the whole family. Yeah. You know, obviously the whole family. Um, but- I know that's a good point for anybody that's
0: tuned in. Get, walk us through the, the chain of how you're related to everybody. Go through from, <laughs> and especially considering that every generation from like the 70s knows somebody, is somebody their favorite of every era is somehow related yeah. to you. Yeah. And, and maybe I'm putting you on the spot, but go from your dad all the way through to you, to everybody who's in there now. How yeah. are they related
3: to you? I got you. So um, So it's my father who's off of the wild Samoan and his brother is Sika, uh, the wild Samoan. So my dad's sons are me, um, Head Shrinker Samu, and my brother Lloyd. Um, Excuse me. And Sika's sons are Roman Reigns and Rosie. All right? From there, my dad's sister's sons (laughs) are um, Rikishi, Umaga, and the Tonga Kid. And then they all have kids, and we all have kids, and... You know, Rikishi's kids are obviously the Usos yeah. um, and Solo Sokoa and um, Umaga has kids now that are getting into the business. Mm. And you know, and who else? Ooh, man, we're all over the place now. We got we got the <laughs> whole family. Whatever,
2: yeah. We're everywhere. We're missing
3: Who we missing? Uh, the Rock. Yeah, the Rock's in there. He's he's he, through he's, he's in now. the Maya Villa side Yeah. Um <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, it goes on and on. Like, right. the, it's a huge dynasty. And then we even got, like, like my brother Sam, his son, Lance, who's over in uh, Pro Wrestling NOAH right now in Japan. You know, I, like, there's Samoans. Jacob Papanis, Fatu. Samoans. And, oh, yeah, we got Yoko, uh, Yokozuna and Jacob Fatu and Journey Fatu and Sean And yep, man, we, got, we got a lot. Wow. We got a lot.
1: Now, the biggest uh, feud right now in professional wrestling, in WWE, is the bloodline. That's right. What side are you
3: on? Uh, I'm on my cousin's side.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn oh Man, so, you know, if, if you would slide in there, you can't give us a choice on whose team? Ah,
3: man, it's, it's so hard to pick, right? You know what I mean? Like, uh, or would you just knock out Paul Heyman? It's I don't know. It's a great story. I, I, it's yeah. such a great story. It is. You, you know what I mean? Like, and then you add me into the mix. It's, who knows? It's, there's a lot of variables with that.
1: Do you think you can go to WrestleMania, that story? Are you cast yeah, uh, WrestleMania?
3: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: More, more people you can bring in, right? I mean, they yeah. can bring Manu back in. I would, love, the that. Yeah. I would love that. You know, be, they, yeah, I love
3: that. they might be. They might be saving me for the Cody Rhodes thing, but you, know, was, you yeah, never know. Yeah, you yeah, know. Right, right before
2: know. WrestleMania.
1: <laughs> now, take us back to your, uh, if you can, uh, your first match. Do you remember yeah. where it was? the how many attendants? What the outcome?
3: Yeah. So my very first match was in a town called Graz, Austria, um, and that was. August 28th, 1998 um, And it was in a battle royal mm. um, In that battle royal It was a bunch of Germans And stuff like that And Austrians And um, nobody that spoke English And uh, <laughs> yeah, I won nice. <laughs> And then my first singles match Was the next day And that was against Chris the Bambi killer Who is um, a big name over there In the European scene now Okay. Um, but yeah, so that was My very first match I did not win that one Okay. You know and then uh, the next night was another match with, with the Bambi Killer. I ended up winning that one. So it was a nice little tour we had over there.
1: Nice. I'm making his uh, With Nation debut. Brayden, you got a question?
4: Yeah, I do got a question. Uh, uh, who was a wrestler that you modeled your craft after?
3: Ooh, uh, um so I modeled my, my craft after a, a couple different wrestlers. Um, obviously, my brother, Samu. Um, he's my oldest brother. He was a big inspiration for me growing up. Um, because I was a little younger, I, I more watched my brother as a head shrinker than my father as a wild Samoan. Mm. So my brother was a big inspiration to me. Um, also, D'Lo Brown. Um, I liked a lot of, from D'Lo. Um, I, I liked a lot of his swag, a lot of his innovative move styles. Like He did a lot of um, normal moves. He just did them different, you know? And um, I, liked, I liked a lot of that style. So I tried to take a lot of D'Lo's innovative style, you know, and, and mixed it all with some Savage.
2: Nice. <laughs> You know, speaking of D'Lo, we got him coming out to a seminar for the school, too.
3: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. D'Lo Brown's a good, uh, good friend of mine. I've traveled the world with him. You know, fast forward to the WWE days, I was wrestling D'Lo all around the world. So it was like to, to be wrestling one of my heroes, you know, one of the people that I looked up to in the game and studied um, in wrestling at the biggest level was, was a blessing. You know, Ken, speaking you of the nation,
2: of too, you know, I got them coming into Legends of Hamburg September 16th, and September 17th they'll be at my store at Town that we talk about mm-hmm. a lot. You'll get to meet D'Lo Brown, Kama Mustafa, Farouk, and Mark Henry. Yep. And I heard them four have never really been together for a photo op, and we're going to have them in ring doing a photo op, throwing up the fist, and we got a Nation of Domination shirts for them to wear, so they'll Same. all be matching that day. It's going to be a fun time. Yeah, and look, true. we
0: almost can't state enough If you're within the sound of my voice, Quakertown Farmer's Market is about a half hour, 45 minutes from here. It's an awesome place to go. Tell people exactly. It's in the back barn, right?
2: Yes. We're going to be behind the main building where they have the... Uh, flea market and we're in barn too and we're actually going to be opening up the uh, snack bar back there too so you'll be able to come back there and get your hot dogs and burgers instead of go inside so you can come <laughs> out and see us when we have a signing like brian kendrick will be there this weekend you can come by and get yourself a burger now look and some dogs.
0: everybody out there think about what we're saying quakertown these legends are coming into ken's store in the q mart i can't even tell you how cool that is so if you're listening and i know you are because i can see you through the internet you
2: got to be there right Right. And don't miss out too. We we also got uh, Kendrick this weekend, and uh, when D'Lo Brown comes in on September 17, they're going to be doing a seminar for BPW. And if you're within uh, earshot, you could hear us. It's not that far of a ride. I mean, we're we're very close to Philadelphia, very close to Lancaster. If you're close by and you want to learn from two pros, this is your opportunity. Just uh, check out Alpha on Facebook or Instagram, and he can hook you up.
1: And Ken, you're learning a lot as well right now. I heard you ref the match. (laughs) Talk,
2: talk oh, about that. Oh, we put Ken on the spot.
3: Oh, man. Put him on the
2: spot. Yeah, we did. Um, um, I, I have learned a lot. I've spent uh, the, a little over a year with uh, BPW while uh, he's been doing training with there, and he's been gracious to let me come in. I watch, and I learn a few things, and I, I just got really lucky to be in the right place at the right time. I actually got to ref his match that night, too, so that was even cooler. I mean, who gets to say their first time refing They're refing two uh, former WWE superstars. That's
1: awesome.
2: I was also in there with uh, Sal and Sia, right? Yep, that's right.
1: And you're going to these conventions and, uh, you know, bringing people in and also networking, too, to make more relationships and all that. So talk about the uh, difference between being a fan and also being a businessman, too.
2: Um, well, it's a lot different being on the other side of the table, I can tell you that much. Yeah. Uh, a lot of responsibility goes into it from my point of view. I mean, I like to take care of everyone I bring in. You know, we take them out to eat. We like to get them good rooms to be in. You know, keep them up with good conversation, keep them busy. Um, it's, it's a lot of work, but there's a lot of reward. I mean, I get to hear stories that the average fan don't get to hear. True. I can't tell you none of them on here because I <laughs> promised I'd keep secrets, and this is how I keep my good relationships because I keep my word. Right. That's one of the best things about this business. You keep your word, and it, get, it, it gets around real quick, and people want to work with people that are going to do what they say they're going to do. They don't want someone to say they're going to do something and then not produce.
1: And I know the, the professional wrestlers give that eye to people before someone goes up and get, tries to get an interview with someone to make sure he's good. Because there's a lot of uh, sketchy media out there that would, would put you down and, and oh, ma- yeah. make fun of something, and that's uh, why I've learned.
2: I won't even let the talent, uh, like say uh, Brian Kendrick. I, I won't allow him to do an interview unless the, unless it was okay with him, and that would be a conversation me and him would have away from you right. trying to get the interview, basically. So, I and also stuff like that uh, that that goes directly to the talent. So I let them handle that. Even if we're in a meet and greet time, I let them take care of that because that's their business that's them getting over and they're always gracious and put me over at the same time so
1: right and alpha you got to re- respect your legacy and they got to respect your legacy and you got to protect yourself as well so you don't yeah. know who you're going to get interviewed by and you got to make oh, sure. oh yeah
3: for sure um you know you're you into a lot of uh shady individuals in the business mm-hmm. you know so to run into someone like ken who uh who's genuine and uh you know old school and keeps uh, his word is, is pretty rare these days so you know shout out to ken thank you
1: I bring you guys another
3: question. Uh,
4: yes, I do. Uh, what was some of the wrestlers you used to look up? That oh, my bad. Uh, What was some of the wrestlers you used to look up to as a kid?
3: Some of the wrestlers that I looked up to as a kid. Man, I, I, I like the great Muda. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a big Muda fan. Uh, I, I, I still am a Muda fan, <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, um, it's hard for me to look outside of my family because I was always rooting my family on. So it, you know, it was. I grew up in the Attitude Era. You know, so it was hard to look past the rock. Hard to, you know, Rikishi's on top. And even before that, it was the head shrinkers. And,
1: Him know, falling off, Rikishi falling off that, that cage. <laughs> I'll never forget that. It was onto a truck, right? And, and yeah. all like, uh, hey.
3: Yep. hey. Chair, yep.
1: Like, does he ever talk to you about that kind of stuff? Like, and say, like, was he scared? Like, he has got to be scared. I mean. I
3: mean, when you when you get up to, in, in that kind of thing, it's. Adrenaline, he, right? it, it's the adrenaline. And, and then it's just like, you know check that's coming after <laughs> <laughs> it's, into the it's, it's so into the worth morning. it it's worth it you know nice right. that's so true that definitely- no Diamond
1: yeah. fans out there if you got a question or comment call in 215-619-7366 i repeat 215-619-7366 we got kh promotions turbo collectibles ken hoover hoover here and uh alpha jr and i'll say there guys the history in this room is awesome and uh yeah, let's, let's talk a little about it in 2006. Uh, um, yep. You experienced three of WWE, WWE incarnations of the developmental systems. Uh-huh. Deep South, Ohio Valley, and Florida Championship Wrestling. Right. Holding the Southern Heavyweight Championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, describe your time at each place and uh, what you took away from each place.
3: All right. So um, when I went into Deep South, I originally signed to Deep South. Um, I went down there. Bill DeMott was the head trainer. Um, I went down there. Um, and it was very old school style training. They, they killed you. Like they really made you earn the ring there um, and especially earn um, TV time, you know, um, for the programming on Deep South. Um, that was run by Jody Hamilton also, um, the Mass Assassin, um, WCW, Nick Patrick's father. <laughs> he, he, yeah, he claims, you know, he claims that he helped train Goldberg and was big influence in his career and stuff like that. So that was down in Georgia. Um, that was great. I, I, I really, I love that, you know, because I was fresh out of college at the time. Um, so going down there and, and it was a lot of the guys like Jack Swagger was brand new at the time before he was Jack Swagger. Um, Brodus Clay was there. Kofi Kingston was there. Um, MVP was still living in developmental at the time. Like, uh, there was a lot of, a lot of good talent down there. Um, it was just, it was just run differently. You know, it was very old school and you had to earn your keep there. Um, and I was fortunate enough to jump in and I was on TV in a matter of two weeks or so, um because I had the experience. I was already wrestling nine years um, before I got to the Deep South scene. So um, I kind of flew right through training, you know, and uh, I earned my way right onto the shows. And, um, fast forward, they ended up shutting down Deep South. Um, they came in with all the trucks and everything and told us that we can't go down, you know, that we can't mm. come back. Mm. Um, but prior to that, we were the last main event. It was me and Sonny Siaki as the Samoan Fight Club versus Kurt uh, Hawkins and Matt Cardona. Mm. Yeah, Hawkins and Ryder. Oh, yeah, Hawkins right? <laughs> The major wow. brothers. They were the major brothers back mm. then. Um, so then um, it was a big mystery. Like, what, what's going to happen in, in developmental? They shut it down. You have, uh, you know, 50, 60 guys and girls um, who are getting paid to sit at home now. Mm. Um, so they split up the roster. Half of them went to OVW. Um, And a lot of us had a choice if we wanted to go to OVW or if we wanted to go start over in Florida. Um, As fast as I hit the TV scene in Deep South, I was pretty confident I could do it again in Florida. So I chose Florida. Um, Amongst the move to Florida, though, while they were getting all that set up, I ended up touching a little bit of OVW. I was there for a little bit. I was tagging with my cousin Rosie at the time um, as the Sons of Samoa. And in OVW, we were again wrestling the Major Brothers. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, yeah, OVW was great. Al Snow was running that then, um, still is, you know. And uh, yeah, OVW was cool. But I wasn't really there that long to, you know, to. I didn't train there that long. Like I was really only there for a bunch of shows, um, in between the transition to, to FCW. Um, once FCW opened up, they had nothing. We were training in uh, batting cages, mm-hmm. like basically anywhere that they could find to, to put up a ring, like ASAP, so that we could get right to work you know so we were training in batting cages and and then we were training in the public's warehouse with all the (laughs) with all the grocery cans and it was great it was really wild like no air conditioning in the middle of Tampa Florida like oh it was miserable Mm. miserable but then finally they got the FCW uh you know uh, arena set up and and what was known as the FCW arena it's no longer but um yeah, that was wild, man. We were on FCW TV taping number one that had Big mm. Flair and John Cena there. and You know, they built that thing on our backs. We were wrestling every Tuesday night at a bar called Bourbon Street Newport Ritchie. <laughs> it was very independent. Like, to think that you're in the WWE and yeah. you're going down there and you're working indie shows. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But, I mean, that's it's humble beginnings because look where they are now. There's no more developmental. Now it's NXT. NXT hits the road. You know what it is. Right. You know, so it was was right before the nxt brand rebrand mm-hmm. and you know it's it all had its purpose
1: right and all had okay. names before they were big names like uh like prototype and uh everyone else you can think of like you know uh Shelton benjamin <coughs> and brock lesnar but they, they were team and now they're oh, yeah.
3: all different names we were there with everybody i mean the bella twins were brand new mm-hmm. like they're they're hall of famers now like they were they didn't know anything about wrestling when i was there you know uh, my tryout class we had um Tyson Kidd and Natalie Nyhart, they were in my tryout class, so that we were the three that got signed out of that class. Like we were there with a lot of talent, you know, a lot of talent.
1: And was Tyson Kidd the one that that took 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 your belt when you were Southern? Tyson team? Kidd, yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah, He uh, so me and Tyson, we we gelled like no, I've never gelled with anybody else in the business. Mm. Um, our our natural chemistry. He was the last graduate of the dungeon, um, you know, the Hart family dungeon, and I was, you know pride and joy of the wild Samoan training center and it was just magic every time we touched we didn't didn't have to talk much we could read body language we could read eye contact like didn't have to talk much didn't have to call much and it was always magic every time we touched that ring so uh yeah i ended up losing the belt to him in a ladder match it was his first ever ladder match we lied a little bit i've done a few in the indies before that but he's never done it Mm -hmm. um but it's just because of our chemistry and everything like that. When they asked us about it, we're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, we've done millions of them." <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, <have to. laughs> yeah. you know, we apologize and, uh, later. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and it
1: all depends. We learned from the late great uh, Razor Ramon, Scott Hall. It all depends on how the ladder goes. Because uh, Scott Hall and um, Shawn Michaels had tons of ladder matches, mm-hmm. but the only one people remember is the one that they saw on pay per view. Yeah, and they said that we had plenty. We had better ones. Yeah, you know, off off TV. Cause it all depends on how that ladder goes. So
3: yeah, for sure. And and that ladder match happens to be probably one of, the, maybe top three, top three in my whole career. You know, it's the ladder match that everyone talks about as far as my career goes. Anybody that's been in Florida or around that area, um, knows that we killed it that night. Right. Um, back in that time, they were doing all the Florida awards and you know all the independent awards and stuff like that. We won match of the year over Kurt Angle. Mm. Um, Samoa Joe. <laughs> wow. So yeah, it was it was a really really good match. Like we we went in on that one.
1: Now we'll talk about your football career and that injury, but professional wrestling career injuries. Talk about you know some of the um, high spots that you did and uh, some injuries that came from it.
3: Yeah. Um. So early on in my career, I, I cracked my sternum um, during a match on live TV. Um. So yeah. We we're uh, I was wrestling um, a guy by the name of Sugar. He ended up he do he does this. Uh, like big boss man slide through Mark Henry style mm-hmm. where he, he goes all the way to the floor. He ended up doing that to me, but we were on cable ropes. The cable ended up just cracking my sternum. Was
1: that like right it, in the beginning
3: of the match too, probably? It was, <laughs> yeah, it was in the match. It was towards the end, you know what I mean? But I, I just remember hearing the pop and then it was, it was like a burning feel, you know? Um, I ended up finishing the match um, with a splash off the top rope. I don't know oh. how I did it. Um, but I walked maybe four steps through the curtain and collapsed. I wake up and we're flying to the hospital and stuff like that. Um, so that was one injury. Um, another injury I had in wrestling, I broke my hip in, in South Africa. Um, I did a moonsault off the top rope to the floor. Um, mm. Nobody caught me. Oh.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> nobody caught me. That's uh, how you find out who your friends are. Yeah, right? yeah. Damn. So, uh, South Africa, I, I, the country broke, broke my, my hip. I guess. And uh, How was yeah. your first aid? over there uh we didn't know it was broken so i thought Jeez. i finished the match this was early like really early in the match this was like two three minutes into the match like we started hot you know kicking everybody's butt you know threw him out of the ring went to the top rope hit the big moonsault everybody falls down and everybody got back up except for me oh. you know and it was one of those but it happened very early and again this one i finished um finished the match with a splash off the top rope but i thought i pulled my groin i didn't know it was broken you know Uh, adrenaline kept me going you know um but yeah it was crazy i ended up going hunting the next day in south africa Mm, of course you did (laughs) i I didn't know i didn't know it was broken Mm.
1: so we got our first call damage radio who's on the line
5: uh brian kendrick brian kendrick what's up man what's going on brian Brian, thanks for calling in hey are we are we live we are are live live. man
3: (laughs) hey who's who all there Right now, it's me and uh, me and Ken right now. Hey, fellas. So, hey,
5: Ken. How you doing? Good. How are you, brother? Good. Good, good, good.
0: <coughs> so, so while you're all introducing yourself, so you're going to be in Quakertown this week, correct?
5: Yeah. I'm going to be all over the place up in Jersey and Pennsylvania. I'm going to be <laughs> wrestling Dylan McKay. I'm going to be wrestling Casey Navarro. I'm going to be stopping by Ken's Turnbuckle Shop up in Quakertown and... I think I might be going to Wildwood.
2: I don't even know. <laughs> <All right. man. laughs> uh, I th- what we're going to be doing is we're going to be hitting up uh, Turnbuckle Collectibles on Saturday morning. And then Saturday night, we're going to be hitting up Wildwood, New Jersey for ISPW, which uh, Alpha will be there too. <laughs> nice. So you guys will be blessed with multiple stars that day. And then the next day, we'll be doing our trading seminar for BPW for Alpha. And then you'll be wrestling Casey Navarro, a great young and up-and-comer.
4: Right. I'll tell you,
5: I'm I'm stoked to work Casey, too. Yeah, uh, I, don't know, I like working with young kids that do cool stuff, man. Uh, it, it, it forces me to push myself, and, uh, and I don't know. It's interesting to see what's, uh, I what... I think you have a lot of
2: fun with it, man. Style. I mean, Matt Cardona t- t- uh, stole the show the last two times they wrestled together on BPW. I mean, like, stole the yeah, show, right. bro.
1: Yeah. So, Brian, um, one, one more memorial thing I remember about you is um, in WWE, you and Paul London, the chemistry you guys had as a tag team. What were some favorite highlights of tagging with him that, that you have?
5: Uh, boy, oh, boy. And so uh, as far as, like, actually in-ring tagging, it would be matches overseas. Um, matches overseas. Uh, every event feels like it's a pay-per-view because it's, they they are typically sold out. They're very excited. So any time that Paul and I were, were tagging overseas, it was the um, I guess like the the most like rock star I ever felt. So that that would be the most special th- those times.
1: Now, do you have any uh radio friendly uh, road stories that you can share with us live on <laughs> Damage Radio? Oh <laughs> uh,
5: my goodness, uh, I. Don't, I, you know what I should do is I should have some ready to go, like stories that wouldn't incriminate anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I learned something today, you know, be prepared, be prepared. Oh, yeah, every every last story, you know, uh, somebody <laughs> somebody broke some sort of rule, you know what I mean?
1: Definitely. <laughs> Now let's go back to the uh you know Zero One and uh ROH back in the day when you were spanky. Uh what are some highlights from from that era that you remember with Smoa Joe, Punk, uh American Dragon Violent and all those guys.
5: I, I Zero One, um shoot. Uh so so what I remember most about that was just being uh, a young man doing a ridiculous gimmick, uh our promoter Hashimoto thought I looked like DiCaprio. So it's the you know all the guys look alike sort of thing, and uh, it was preposterous. I was a shy kid from small town Washington, wrestling in in uh, pink speedos because uh, a Japanese legend thought I looked like a, a movie star, <laughs> um, and, and I would wrestle sometimes you know six seven matches but be out there for a month. Um, so I just remember being with Carino and Sanjay Dutt and C.W. Anderson, mm-hmm. and Sylvester mm-hmm. Turkey and Loki. It was uh, uh, a Cagey a bunch of uh, just a, a bunch of uh, dudes hanging out who were kind of broke but had enough money to have fun, and it was great.
1: Nice. Now looking back at your career, man, uh, what keeps you going? What keeps you getting in the ring with, besides these young guys that you know are trying to take your spot? And uh, you know, do they help motivate you to be better still?
5: Um, I guess what keeps me going is that I come to the realization that this is what I was meant to do. Um, you know, sometimes I fight that, uh, but, you know, no, I got to settle into that. that This is, this is what, what God has intended for me, and that was to be a pro wrestler. Um, and if I'm meant to win matches, I'll win matches. But I'm, I'm going to try my best, and... So what I do now is lean into classic stuff, stuff from 70, 80 years ago, footage that these kids would uh, suffer to sit through. I I greedily gobble it up and take notes, and and hopefully it can help uh, secure some victories in the future.
1: Definitely. Now, do you have uh, one piece of advice for uh, some of these young guys coming into the business that um, you wish you would have known when you first started?
5: Um.
2: Yeah, come to yeah, the seminar line, on but- Sunday.
5: Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, come to the seminar. Come to the seminar. The, 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 the truth is, and it goes it goes in line with that. Um, uh, you know, it's up to you to put in the work. Um, n- nobody owes you anything, and so you know, why did this person get this? Why did this person get that? Don't worry about anybody else other than yourself, and just put in the work. Um, don't allow yourself any excuses, any any shortcomings I've had. They've all been my own fault. Uh, so take responsibility and put in the work. Uh, and if you want to get good at this, come to the seminar. Well, there well you
1: said. Go. Well said. So uh, if Casey Navarro is here right now, man, what would you have to say to him on coming up to your match this weekend?
5: Yeah, I, you know, I, 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 the truth is, I hope he brings his best because I want to find out how good I am. I, I, want him, I want him to bring his absolute best. And I want to see if I can go, and I want to see if my better is better than his. Nice.
1: So, Ken, uh, just pure competition. Can you give us the rundown again this weekend of everything going on? Uh,
2: Yes, we'll be at uh, Turnbuckle Collectibles in Quakertown Saturday, uh, 1 to 3. And then we'll be up in Wildwood, New Jersey at ISPW with Offa Jr. He'll be there too. Come check us both out. And then uh, Sunday um, afternoon, we will be doing the seminar at BPW in Broadheadsville. And then we will be re- he'll be wrestling later that night in the main event against Casey Navarro. It's, it's going to steal the show whether you know it or not. Don't let Mr. Bryan yeah. sell himself short. He's a phenomenal wrestler. And, he, and I think he is a world heavyweight champion in a, in a couple of promotions. I think that uh, I – was it Battlefield? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
5: yeah, 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 yes, I am. Yeah,
2: battleground I am. I'm Championship I'm. Wrestling. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. BC, BCW champion. Wow. Mm-hmm.
1: Brian, thanks so much for calling in, man. And hopefully, I'll meet you this Saturday. We get a little bit more um, of an interview out of you, man. And we pretty appreciate your time. That's all.
5: Thank you, guys, for having me. I look forward to seeing you all this weekend. Catch, Catch you later, man. Brian. Take care.
1: Fantastic. So I don't know how that's true. Exciting. Very exciting. Um, but I don't know how true this information is. But I'm seeing all over internet Bailey about Terry Funk Fung Fung passed, passed, passed away. Passed yeah, away. It's right literally just
0: here. coming across the. It's just coming across the news. And sad news. Yep. We had a good time when we met Terry Funk at uh, the Legends of the Ring convention yep. a million years ago, and that was even back. And the funny thing was, he couldn't remember the m- matches, and he was looking at Hat Guy's shirt for original the dates. Hat Guy. He, the original Hat Guy. Like, yep. <laughs> he says, "I remember that." Turn around, let me see your shirt.
1: And we interviewed him the day before he was getting inducted into the Hall of Fame. So he yeah. said his whole speech to us on damaged. Yeah, and they said. Brother, if you put this out
0: before Sunday,
3: oh, I'm gonna
1: find true. you. I was like, Mr. Funk, I Don't know you will find put this me. out before
0: yeah. I say the same thing on Sunday, yeah. or I'm gonna find out and get you. Yeah.
3: <laughs> that is tremendous.
1: But yeah, what a career, man. Like oh, like you know. Hmm. Alpha, do you have any memories of Terry in his career?
3: Oh uh, man, just just him being Terry. You yeah. know, it was just he was that guy to watch, you know. Uh, he was always one never to mess with he had that reputation and his reputation was, was who he was, you know, and, and it's just an absolute legend, you know, and especially being, you know, even his, his other stuff, like chainsaw Charlie, is, yeah. <laughs> no. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like even that stuff yes. was great. Yeah. You know uh, Man, it's, we just thought we definitely just lost a good one. We definitely we lost him. a legend. Man.
1: Okay. Any, any, any thoughts on that?
2: I'm, I'm just shocked with it yeah, right I now. I ain't got nothing for it. I, I Uh, I remember it was tall Charlie, too, and uh, the the New Age Outlaws putting him in the dumpster and pushing him off the stage. That's what just pops in my head real quick, and it just,
1: damn. Maybe his his matches over in Japan, a match with Mick Foley. Yeah, it was Foley.
3: That's that's where I saw Uh him. Him and Foley was one of them. How about you,
0: Matt? You know, there's such a wealth of good matches that you think about the ECW run, Wow. you know, stuff like that. I mean, anybody, it's... Obviously, if they're listening to us, I think we're all just going to go home and watch... uh, Cactus Jack matches versus, you know, Chainsaw Charlie versus I mean, there's so many that come to my mind. But that but to me, Terry Funk was that day we met him. Yeah. And he was couldn't have been nicer, but that was the thing. Gave us his almost like you could tell he had worked out his Hall of Fame speech. Yeah. And he was happy to tell us, but then realized he was gonna do it live for the WWE you know, E the next day. Don't share this yet, guys. (laughs) And I remember that just being really a highlight of everything we've done. It's completely damaged, and I mean, that was our first time that going kind of out. was our first big, you know. Yeah, back. Like, you know, sometimes it's
2: cool to know a little something that's going to happen tomorrow. Well, and, you, know, you know, the
0: fact that he gave us so much time—like there's a legend that really didn't need to spend so much time with us—and he did. And and that was back when—I mean, that's a while ago, even fourteen completely years damaged. ago. Yeah. So it's like when you really think about it. But yeah. the uh, yeah. The so was he nervous? He was cool as could be. Yeah. In fact, to us, that was what I thought was so amazing was he gave the speech, like you could tell he'd been rehearsing it. So when he delivered it to us, you could tell it was super fresh in yeah. his mind. And he was he was anticipating this event. And the fact that it was like the next day, we're in that room, there was a million, that's the funny thing earlier when you were talking about your ladder match, and that was when we had met Scott Hall the same day. And that was the funny thing. Scott Hall says... Sometimes the ladder worked with you, and it was just like he was just—he was <laughs> while he was going to the bathroom. He was, well, right? he was—we intercepted him the way we to the bathroom. Right? But the—you uh, <laughs> know—that was some of the stuff you had to get. But the—but that was the way that I mean, to me, I mean, not to even go to a specific match. But he was so nice to us that day. Terry Funk really was, and I mean, everybody was that day. Yeah, you know, it was really. Uh, but just the fact that that he
1: gave us like uh, at least eight minutes. Yeah. When we usually go to these conventions, we're respectful really, with two to three questions. Yeah. yeah, right.
0: And we get like three minutes. So that he just—that's what I'm thinking of when I I'm, my phone's blown blowing up people are yeah. tagging me in that yeah. post is and i'm sure yours are too <laughs> the yeah. uh but that's what that's the way i think of it that day he couldn't have been nicer and we were just you know we we're just nobody i mean like showing up with a camera you did have your suit on though and that I always did, that yeah. always added a lot yeah, of uh i, I, know, I, I try uh, respectful
1: i try uh brayden do you remember terry funk do you have any favorite matches when step uh, up to the mic i don't really
4: know mu- uh, well i don't really know much about his matches but I didn't know a lot about him because my dad we used to tell me about him because he was like an ECW champion. My dad right. loved ECW. Mm-hmm. And I guess when he was like telling me about Terry Funk's matches and stuff, that's what like really truly inspired me into like watching more wrestling because like Terry Funk, he's a tremendous uh, wrestler and he was a great champion too. I guess one match I guess I kind of saw was Terry Funk versus Mick Foley, I Right. I'm not sure which event it was or anything like that, but that's the only match I can really think
3: of. Yeah. It was like yeah. the original Badass.
0: Yeah, it was, man. It's funny, you know, you're talking about, you know, you, you, with your sternum and your hip, and then it's that adrenaline. You figure guys like that, when you watch some of those matches and they're so violent, and you go, man, I, I mean, if I fall out of bed the wrong way, I'm done for the weekend. Oh, <laughs> so sure. You watch somebody and like he- that, and he was doing it well into his older, you know, part of his career. They were still taking mega
3: bumps, Oh, you know, Funk gave it to the ball every time he went through yeah. the curve. That's
0: exactly it. You summed it right up there. You're watching a guy that's leaving nothing behind and and that's that's the legacy, I think, really when you you described it, a badass left oh, yeah. everything in the ring. Yeah. And that's that's man, that's how you think about it. Well, I'm sad that that's coming Me through. Me too. Like and that. I remember
1: man. ECW one night stand. I know it's not the realest, w, but he was stuck to the barbed wire. Yep. Yeah. And no one's going over to him you know, and helping. Right like, "Help." Help! He has a little smile on his that. face, right. like you know, oh. this, is, this is where this is where I'm supposed to be. I love this. Yeah, you know, <laughs> oh, like crazy. Just thinking about the the pain that that you guys go through on a day to day basis. You guys don't get enough respect for what you guys do for us, fans, us reporters, whatever you want to call us. Like, you guys put your lines on the life for us, and uh, we appreciate that more oh. than you guys would ever know.
0: Oh, lines thanks. on the yeah. life. I like that. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna switch gears, obviously, because that's a sad topic. We go to happy topic, and this is totally off the topic, but. Uh, you got your first of all, for those of you that are listening, you can't see it. You're as big as a Buick, right? You could probably bench press a Buick, but the, all the tattoos now that's yeah. obviously part of the heritage, and we're seeing yeah. so many of these guys today. Describe for people, like, what is, like, the makeup? I'm looking at that. Your sleeve that's, is amazing. Thanks. Describe that. Like, where do those patterns come from? I mean, really, to me, I'm always fascinated because you're seeing that whole line now that's in the WWE every week. We're seeing, like, The Rock's got the whole cover. Yeah. Obviously, all the Every right. Describe well, that. Right. Go into a little bit of the tattoo culture.
3: Man, so the, the Samoan tattoo culture is is, is very big. Um, every, every mark, um, every wave, every arrow, the way it's pointing everything tells a story in the Samoan art um yeah it's art you know it's art our tattoos our tattoos um but yeah so it's everything is is for fertility for blessings for courage for you know you know family everything every little every little you know design means something else you know, and and <laughs> for as big as they are, it'd be like, we'd be here for all day telling <laughs> yeah. you about what they are. You know, um, but a lot of them, it's like uh, your 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 chance to become looked at as a man in Samoan culture. You know, and, and um, I've got my first tattoo when I was thirteen. Mm. You know, my dad got his when he was seven. What's the first one?
0: I, I mean, look, for those of you that I uh, said you can't see it over yeah, the radio, it, but right? he's got but the it's full my name sleeve. Right here wow, and, uh, yeah. and
3: inside a lightning. So Hmm. I got that one when I was really young, and I always kept it. And all the tattoos and stuff that I've gotten over the years, we've covered a few up, and you know, (laughs) that (laughs) that one's always stayed. Nice, and to go with a name, uh, that's my father right there. Wow, that's awesome!
1: That's awesome, awesome, man. When did you get that one?
3: Um, I got that one. um, Want to say nineteen years old.
1: When you showed that to him, what was his reaction?
3: Oh, he cried. Mm. Yeah, that's deep. He uh, tears in his eye. You know. Uh, and uh, those of you who think this is the wild Samoa tearing up. You know? <laughs> That's something yeah. right, That's something <laughs>
1: definitely.
0: Now, I just find that fascinating. I'm glad we could kind of go down that that route of kind of describing because obviously people on the radio they can't see it. That yeah. We're just describing, but it really is such an intricate design. I kind of keep looking over, and it, it just keeps revealing things. Like, the, <coughs> oh, yeah. like you said, the fact that everything—that's as you said—that every point, which way it goes, that it means something. I find that just fascinating. I don't have one tattoo, and I never will because I'm a baby. But the uh, you know, it really—it's—it's it's great work. Thank you. And it yeah. really is just amazing.
3: Yeah, I, I wear it with pride. You hmm. know, everybody. Um, nowadays you see a lot of people with, with the Polynesian ink. Um, but like you'll see me walk around and you know it's authentic. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> of
0: course. Absolutely.
1: Man. Then you you so let's go back. Um so you eventually get to call up to WWE to form a unit with Cody and Randy, known as the legacy. Yep. Um looking back, were you happy how they utilized you? And how would you have debuted yourself differently if you had creative control coming in?
3: Um I was happy to be there. Of course. I yeah. I, I was young, you know, I was I was young. Um, so just the opportunity to be out there, um, and, and I was out there with some wolves too, you know, don't, don't get it, don't get it wrong. Like these guys nowadays, like I was up there, uh, I mean, Shawn Michaels, Undertaker, Kane, JBL, Chris Jericho, John Cena, Batista, uh, all active roster, Triple right. H, you know, like active in their prime, you know, mm-hmm. so it was hard for these new guys at that time to, to break through to the roster. Right. So it's like once you get through it, was just like, oh, man, now what? All eyes on us, right? You got all the old grizzled vets who don't want to give up their spot. (laughs) And then you got, you know, um, Manu and and Cody Rhodes coming up. And we're on a lot of segments throughout the TV, like our whole run, like my whole run in in the WWE, we were on several segments throughout TV. It wasn't just one a night. You know, it wasn't just one match. It was one match and three promos or it was four promos and a backstage beatdown and a match. You know, it was like we had multiple segments in our entire run. So that was really cool. Um, Was I happy with the Manu character, the Manu run? Um, I was happy for the opportunity. Um, But, yeah, I would have done it differently. You know, I would have done it differently. I would have let me be me. You know, um, they didn't want me to be so aggressive because I was there at the time. Even Umaga was on contract. You know, so it was just like I had to walk that fine line to be different than Umaga, but be similar to my father and wow. talk and wear boots. And It was just a hard, hard transition. You, you know, feel a lot of pressure, um, the, tr- the pressure. No, um, I feel like the pressure to succeed was there more so than me feeling pressure in the ring. You know, um, my pressure to to get up there and become champion and all this stuff like that was always personal pressure. But like in the ring was that's my comfort zone. Right. You know, and you put me in the tough. ring with anybody at any time on any day of the week and and I'll hit a home run and that's always been my mentality with that
1: and the home run was you versus Kofi like that match was so smooth in my opinion and Thank how it, and how it ended like did, did you feel confident after that match going in the back?
3: yeah um see to me it was my my match with Batista was pretty much my breakout match Kofi was kind of my cheat code mm-hmm. because we had um all the training together, so all through FCw and stuff like that, I've wrestled Kofi a hundred. 150 times yeah, exactly. before I wrestled yeah. him on Raw. Mm-hmm. You know, but, like, the Batista singles match, um, that one was special to me just because he was trained by my father. I helped train him. And it's my debut singles match on Raw in Atlanta, you know, right, right next to, you know, Deep South. and It was, just, it was storybook stuff. Um, but, yeah, that one, um, he sold. He sold really well for me. You know, he put me over big. Um, it was the Raw right before Survivor Series. I feel like any other Raw, I would have won that match yeah. but because it was the Raw before Survivor Series, <laughs> right. yeah. you know? Yep.
1: So amidst the pandemic, um, you opened up Battlefield Pro Wrestling Center. Yep. Um, talk about the state-of-the-art performance center, how we see a lot of performance centers now. How important was it for you to have a performance center? And uh, tell us about the school and the shows that you run.
3: I, oh, yeah. so I told um, them a little bit about it already. Yeah, so. yeah. So, it is. yeah, it's a full state-of-the-art. So... I wanted to build um, a wrestling training utopia, you know, based off of all my experiences and all my training throughout my travels and career. um, I was raised in the wild Samoan training system, so that was very old school and humble, you know, Um, and all we need is a ring kind of mentality, and then I went on and I got trained by Dr. Tom Pritchard and Bill DeMa and all the guys in the WWE systems, and I seen um, the attention that's that's needed for the upgrade. You know, uh, training in a barn will only get you so far, yeah. <laughs> you know, yep. and, and like in the wrestling business, it's always been them Rocky Balboa, kind of dingy, dark, dusty, kind of, <laughs> you know, like that's always been yeah. like, where did you train? Oh, it was a piece of crap hole in the wall yeah. gym, yep. you know, ceiling's um, falling down. Yeah. yeah. So when I was training in the WWE and stuff like that, I was just like, man, this is awesome. I was like, other people need to experience this, you know? So, that was my whole mentality was to get um, WWE quality training um, up here in the Northeast. Um, I'm very proud. We have um, two rings. We run shows every two weeks. Um, it's state of the art. Like, I mean, it's the size of a Walmart. Hmm. Or, like, it's the whole strip mall. Like, wow. it's not just a store, it's the whole strip mall. You but, got a sauna there. There's a <laughs> we have everything that you need. Gym. It's a 24 hour gym. We have saunas in there. We have tanning beds in there. We have an event center in there that fits up to 750 people. Um, I have my dojo in the back, which fits up to 300 people. Um, We're running joint shows. Um, I have the Futures brand, which is my students. We run our own student shows, kind of like NXT. So we have our own developmental system pushing out to the pay-per-view, which is, you know, main roster stuff. Full production
2: uh, quality shows. Like, they have all the production equipment. They have a full gorilla uh, area, full backstage. Yeah, we're live
3: on pay-per-view. Yeah. So we're, we're live, here. live. Our friend Josh right.
0: Sharanoff, yep.
1: Premier, Premier Network, is going to be hosting the show you got coming up on the twentieth. That's right. And that's so right. with all that in awesome.
0: mind, I see you got a couple flyers. And, Ken, you gave out some dates earlier as well. But give out, when can people go to your shows? Put the address. Where's the social yeah, sure. media? Announce now it's all that stuff. Because everybody's you know, in this area, certainly that's not far from here.
3: Yeah, no. So no. Um, Battlefield Pro Wrestling, we're located in the Poconos, um, Broadheadsville, Pennsylvania. Um, the address is 137 Aaron Lane, Nance, Broadheadsville. Um, we're open. We train uh, four days a week. We have shows uh, every two weeks um, with our pay-per-views being held the last Sunday of every month. So that's basically the... you know. This coming
2: day. Sunday, the 27th. Yeah, end of the month, yeah. And then the student show we have September 10th. That's coming right. Coming up.
3: So we just crowned our first two champions. Um, yep. We had our first tag team champions crowned at the last event, which is Primetime Heat. They're a, a great up-and-coming tag team of Trey Heat and Dio Bando. Um, and then we just crowned our Futures champion which is um, Sam Adams, uh, Mr. Goodluck. He's uh, a wrestler from Puerto Rico. Hmm. He's wrestled for Carlos Colon and all the big companies. He's wrestled in AEW a couple of times, and, you know, he's a, he's a good talent. Wow.
1: So. And what are you looking for out of, out of the students hungry and wanting to pursue this?
3: I want people looking for careers. You know, I want people who are willing to work. Um, I consider our camp a Division One camp. Um, so, yes. you know, you're, you're coming with goals, you know, and... and get ready to accomplish them goals. <laughs> yeah. we, have, is, yeah. we have guys um, guys and girls in our camp. Um, we have a kid that's 13. He just turned 14. Um, so he has a long journey, you know. And then we also have guys who have come into our camp who started late um, at like 38, 39, you know, who are in their 40s now, who are wrestling the Nasty Boys and the Bushwhackers yes. <laughs> in ECW the Arena, Playboy. you know. And like, so it's like, if you're willing to work, like I'm willing to take you. You know, but just know it's not going to be easy. I'm gonna push you you know it's it's're we're, we're going for we're hit, we're hitting home runs here <laughs> so how much of
1: the Samoan dynasty and also your football career that you had um like the strictness and the repetition that you had from that mm-hmm. closing to the wrestling
3: All of it. All, it like this camp is is it's a culmination of all my life experiences. Now I even won two gold medals in the Arnold Classic in strict arm curl yep. like I, I mean, I'm a Division one athlete, I, I was an all-American um i you know i had full scholarship um i <laughs> i did all this young age while wrestling you know so it was just like so when won- you
1: hear i can't do it that, 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 there's no can no there's no, no
3: there's no i can't um if if you love wrestling um even if it's not in your your cards to take bumps we'll find you we'll find you a spot we'll place you we do everything here i mean we've even we've done movies out of camp we've had wwe come in and film documentaries um Hidden Treasures WWE. Mm-hmm. Hidden yep. Treasures came in with Mick Foley, Rikishi. That's awesome. Um, we filmed movies, videos. We've done movies. We've we've done countless uh, yeah. things. Oh, uh, Broadway! <laughs> I saw you. Yeah, Broadway, Broadway. You did one, right? You know, Almost forgot were you I, I was the choreographer. Yeah, yeah, an award-winning choreographer for that and he, too. And he was on he the an show. Award-winning. You know, yeah. he was yeah. on the show too. So I mean, we attack the entertainment business in every direction. You know, and, and we, we do it we do all it all. We, we do stunts. We do live shows, yeah. you know. And, and you don't have to come out if you're just looking to wrestle. I mean,
2: like you said, they all, he also trains referees, commentators, mm-hmm. ring announcers, Cameraman. managers, <laughs> cameramen. I've done cameras. Like, he, he changed to do anything. Out. There's, there's a okay. spot for almost anybody. Yeah.
3: Okay. You got to be committed, though. You know, look, everybody yes.
0: that's just tuning in, you missed the show. But I know you got you mentioned earlier we had Brian Kendrick called in. He gave a full roster of events for this weekend repeat oh, those for anybody that missed it and then talk about when's your next event give everybody that info we're kind of running out of time but i know we hit you with a lot of information all of you that if you just tuned in you missed it going yeah. you have to go back and listen yeah. to the replay but so you got like what four big events this weekend uh, well, that you would detail yes,
2: i'll be picking up kendrick friday and then saturday uh like i said one to three we will be at my store and then you can stop and get some food because we're gonna ho- hopefully have that snack bar open this weekend and then we'll be in new jersey at wildwood for ispw again alpha jr will be there um Huge lineup for that show. And then uh, Sunday, for all you pro wrestlers out there, referees, any, anybody out there who wants to get in the wrestling business, come out and ch- check out the seminar with Brian Kendrick. There's a lot to learn. He's a great person to learn from. He's done a lot of stuff backstage at WWE, not just on the camera. A lot of people don't know he, he's worked backstage. He helped produce the Bad Bunny match in Puerto Rico. Wow. So, I mean, you got a lot you can learn from him. I mean, and then let's see. We got BPW later Sunday that night. The Battlefield. Yes, sir. We got Brian the battlefield. Kendrick Sunday. and we KFC. That's right. Uh, Casey Navarro main event, now and I we also have we also have Jordan
3: team. Oliver versus uh, Sean Maluda. Wow. So wow, that should be, be a one. banger, right? You know, now,
1: all matches to you are, are your favorite ones because you like those. But do you have any one that you're looking forward to seeing the most?
3: Um, to me personally, I want to see Oliver Maluda. Okay, I, I like I expect great things from. Um, Kendrick and KC. I they know they're yeah. going to hit a home run. Right.
2: Don't forget the Dark STG will be there again. Oh, yeah, uh, and the Slade, Dark right? STG That's versus, versus Spencer
3: Slade too. That that has a lot of buildup. So that those are two heavyweight guys going at it. Um,
1: can they only get tickets at the door? Can they get them online? You can get them online on too. Yep.
3: Okay. Um, you can check us out on Instagram. We are Battlefield. Okay. Um, all the links and everything like that is is posted on our Instagram, also on Facebook um, and YouTube at uh, Battlefield Pro Wrestling. Um, you could find out all the information there. You could also check me out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at Samoan Storm. Um, find the blue check mark. Twitter took mine, but everybody else left it alone. <laughs> <That's what> Twitter
2: <laughs> wants you to pay for it. <laughs> yep. Same thing for us. You could check us out on all social medias at KH Promotions. Uh, We're also going to have the Nation of Domination at the store September mm. 17th. I want to repeat that. That's a, that's a big deal. We're going to have three of the four members there. Take
1: advantage of that, guys. Uh,
2: Legends of Hamburg. Uh, I want to. Put that over one more time. I mean, it's an in ring photo op with four of the nation members throwing up the fish. You're basically the rock with the Intercontinental Title strap on your arm, standing in the middle with them. You know what I mean?
1: How much cooler can
2: you get? Yep. Most of the time, you get you get a, a photo in front of a backdrop or at the table. You don't get the opportunity to get in the ring. The to be you an enjoy. honorary
3: member of the nation for you're, one yes, night only. You're an honorary Look member. That. Hey, you're
2: an honorary <laughs> member of the Samoan dynasty. You get to be the rock that day. Right. That's the
1: fifth member. That's <laughs> the enough. one missing from and the with photo. No, with dead no center. One in the back eating Fritos. So you, gotta, you gotta get yeah. a clear hey, picture. We, we will have
2: the intercontinental title on hand for the picture office, and we'll even have a cardboard cut out for the rock. Who Whoever wants to take a photo of him, too. <laughs> he will be that smart one who says, hey, I saw the rock in your photo when you're promoting this. Yeah, yeah. I got him here. He's right there in the corner. You see him? Damaged. Looking good. Right,
4: I got another question. Um, What was your favorite storyline that you were a part of?
3: Uh, my favorite storyline that I've been a part of. Um, What do we count? Whole career. You know? Uh, WWE only. Whole WWE career. whole career. Like, that's like, a, that's wide a wide open. open you. 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 Wide open. Just for you. Wide open. Oh, man. Storyline. Uh All right, so I'm going to go back into the indies. This is back in the WXW days before I ever made it to um, WWE. Um, I was feuding at the time with Loki, Homicide, Dan Moff, and um, Steve Mack as the hit squad. So that was who the dynasty was. We weren't known as the dynasty back then. We were known as the Samoan Gangsta Party back then. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, we were feuding with them. It was me and my brothers, um, Samu and L.A. Smooth and even my cousin reno was uh the black pearl he he was part of the storyline too so um it was basically new york um versus the samoans and um we were beating the crap out of each other it what felt like for years all up and down the east coast um but finally one night um there was a big big smiles in the ring everybody's fighting everybody next thing you know we're live on tv so up on top of all the tvs and everything all the screens inside the arena it pops up to the ring truck out back and then there's me hanging (laughs) hanging they hung me from the ring truck and this is live on tv talk about you know this was a different era back then but, but they hung me in front of my father and everything like that i lost grip of my hands, oh. you know, because there's a way to hold on to it, so you're pretty safe, but I yeah. lost it, and then the, one of the guys noticed, it was like, gotcha. Dan Moff noticed, and he comes up and grabs my feet so that I could continue on, <laughs> but it was just like, that's when wrestling gets real. <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs>
1: good for the business. You know, it was real
3: good for the business, but... Dude, but yeah, that's your intro to your documentary, That man. payoff it's match versus me versus Loki. that singles match after that one, we beat the crap out of each other, so it was just like that that storyline right there, that, that one stands right. out to me.
2: Wow. You guys got a lot of things in your history. Wasn't WXW where they made the movie The Wrestler?
3: Yeah, yeah. And Mickey we, Rourke, right? We actually trained, oh, so trained uh, Mickey. Mickey Rourke for that movie. Right. Um, WXW was There's a feature a company in that. In How that. was he? Was he cool? I was signed at the WWE at the time, so yeah, I kind of missed right. that. My dad did all that training, and you know that was done at his camp. So, that, yeah, from what I'm hearing, That's Mickey was a great guy. Um, he still stays in contact with my father to this day. That's cool. So uh, one day we'll cross paths. Nice.
1: Damage fans, thank you so much for listening. Ken Alpha, thank you so much for coming out. Thanks you guys are welcome here whenever you want.
3: Thank you for and, having uh, me.
1: Yeah, and uh, Bye, I'll be back. Definitely I'll be back. Yeah, I'll be and, back. And remember, guys, don't keep a nice sneak, keep it completely damaged on monkerradio.com where music reminds me.
5: Completely damaged! Completely damaged!